Today is Quinquagesima Sunday, and the Gospel reading appointed for this day is from St. Luke's Gospel, the 18th chapter, beginning with the 31st verse. Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. Then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, thy may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has made you well. Immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. In a few days we will enter the chief penitential season, Lent, and begin our 40 days of preparation for the celebration of the resurrection of the Christ. Beginning with Ash Wednesday, the Church remembers that we are dust, and to dust we shall return, for the wages of sin is death. When the Lord made man, he gave him the law. For we read in Genesis, the second chapter, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Our first parents did eat, violating the law of God, and much affliction and suffering have entered the world on account of sin. We grow sick and lame. Age devours our strength. Hearing and sight become feeble. At their least, such things are annoyances, but often they make us afraid. Often it makes you uncomfortable to talk about death, because death and fear are linked in the hearts and minds of men. Death is a sign of God's judgment for sin. Men fear judgment, thus they fear death. But the Christ came to make an end of death for us by taking the judgment which we deserve upon himself. In the Gospel, we read that Jesus was approaching Jerusalem. And he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. This wasn't the first time that Jesus had told his disciples of these things. In Matthew chapter 16, after St. Peter made his confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, we read, From that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and be raised the third day. From the time of St. Peter's confession, Jesus began to catechize his disciples concerning the things which necessarily had to come to pass to fulfill God's word concerning the Christ. As they now held to this pure confession, 
Jesus taught them to more fully understand what it means that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It meant that he would suffer, be crucified, die, and rise again. This is to say, Jesus taught the apostles the theology of the cross. Now, the fallen heart of man doesn't want to hear a theology of the cross, because it wants a theology of glory. St. Peter, even after making his confession, when he heard of the coming suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus, took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Thus we learn how fickle men's hearts really are. Peter isn't that different from any Christian, for although as Christians we rejoice to confess the Christ, Satan is always trying to separate that confession from the cross, which would be to make it no true confession at all. The Christ, the Son of the living God, was born in humility to suffer and die for the sins of the world. And we, who have been united to him in holy baptism, also suffer our crosses as well. St. Peter's fleshly repulsion from the cross surfaced again in his threefold denial of Jesus on the night when he was betrayed. And that denial surfaces again and again in all of your loveless deeds when you are rude, when you seek your own, when you are provoked or think evil. If St. Peter succumbed so easily to a theology of glory, where is your confidence to stand steadfast in the time of temptation? The lesson of the epistle reading, which is appointed for today from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is not that we should save ourselves through our love, for how could you do that? Instead, we see in the words of that chapter how frail our love really is, and behold how great the love of God truly is. Love never fails. We behold the love of God for us in the death of Christ Jesus upon the cross. Jesus spoke to the twelve concerning that which would take place in Jerusalem, his suffering, death, and resurrection, so that all things that were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. And yet, at that time, the disciples understood none of these things. They were, for a time, blind to the things which Jesus laid before them, plain as day. There was only one who saw that day, the blind beggar by the side of the road. He was a believer in the theology of the cross who sought deliverance from the Lord, and he could not be silenced by the crowd. In the words of Luther, he deserves to be called a theologian, however, who comprehends the visible and manifest things of God seen through suffering and the cross. When the blind beggar heard that Jesus was passing by, he gave no thought to his worthiness or merits or even to propriety. For we read, and he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Seeing the apostles did not see, but the blind man saw Christ Jesus by faith. The words which we hear in the Old Testament reading from Isaiah 35 teach us much concerning the coming of the Christ. For there we read, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. 
Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lamb shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. The word is proclaimed, and the signs testify that all is being fulfilled accord, according to the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit works through the word, and thus the blind man believed and cared little for the demands of the multitude. What do we confess concerning the working of the Holy Spirit? Precisely as we are taught from the Catechism, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Ghost has called me by the Gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In like manner as he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it in union with Jesus Christ in the true faith, in which Christian church he daily forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers, and will raise up me and all the dead at the last day, and will grant everlasting life to me and to all who believe in Christ. This is most certainly true. You and I have been blessed to have Christ Jesus draw near to us. In holy baptism, he has washed us clean from sin, and in his word proclaimed to us we hear absolution, as if from his own lips, for the word is his. If you want to come before the Lord clinging to some worthiness in yourself, then you receive nothing. But when the Holy Spirit works in your heart to show you your utter poverty, then, by faith, you are rich beyond measure through faith in the Christ. Jesus died for you. He knew you, your sins, your fears, your weakness, before one of your days had ever been. In his perfect love for you and in love and obedience to the Father, he went to Jerusalem and suffered all things unto death to pay for each and every sin, so that with his words it is finished. We are assured that there is life and salvation for all who repent and believe in Jesus. Jesus told the disciples things which were going to take place, but they understood none of these things. The saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. But in the fullness of time they knew, and having beheld Jesus in the glory of his resurrection, they were sent forth to proclaim the hope which is ours in the resurrection of the Christ. And the third day he will rise again. And so it was. This is our comfort through the days of Lent. And the third day he will rise again. For the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the one who will not repent, but who remains impenitent in his sin, there is no comfort here. For such a one chooses to remain in death, and that situation will not change until there is repentance. But for those who repent of that which leads to death, that repentance has been worked by the Holy Spirit, and that same Holy Spirit creates and sustains the faith which partakes of the gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All was done as the word of the Lord had promised, and Jesus bore the penalty for our sins in his own body, so that our bodies and souls would partake of eternal life in him. We have been joined to his body in holy baptism. We have been adopted as sons of God through water and the word. We are heirs according to the promise, and as Christ Jesus died for us, so we partake of the blessed inheritance of the sons of God through his resurrection from the dead. Through this word, our hands are strengthened, our hearts reassured, our eyes opened. St. John wrote, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. 
we blind beggars have had our spiritual eyes opened by the word of the Lord, and still, St. Paul declares, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. The light of Christ has come to us, delivering us from the darkness of sin, and thus we begin to believe. Our faith, still frail, is still the precious gift of God, and thus we have the hope of that day when we shall no longer see in a mirror dimly, but face to face. The blind beggar asked of Jesus, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has made you well. Faith, worked by the Holy Spirit through the Word, takes hold of the gift the Lord freely gives to us, so that both the grace of God and the faith which receives it are his free gift to us. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, we beseech thee, mercifully hear our prayers, and having set us free from the bonds of sin, defend us from all evil. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Savior, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10.30 a.m. worship service. Sunday school is available each Sunday for all ages at 9.30 a.m. And beginning this Wednesday, we begin the season of Lent with the our Ash Wednesday service. We invite you to join us either for the morning service at 11 a.m., or for our evening divine service this week at 7 p.m. A Vespers will be held at 7 p.m. throughout the rest of this season. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church or these broadcasts, you may call the congregation at 533-2330 or visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are made possible through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.